envision three female attorneys coming together to have our voices heard. Each of us would have different opinions, different passions, different backgrounds, and different views. Although we are different and unique, we are able to come together to discuss our experiences navigating through the legal profession and this thing called life. Now, the vision has come alive, and we invite you each and every week to listen to us as we talk about what's trending in the news and our legal insights, tackle real-life issues that affect not only us as attorneys, but us as women of color. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four, Ready, Set, Travel. But before we get started, you know we have to do our disclaimer, so let's run through our disclaimer real quick. Disclaimer. This podcast is intended to provide entertainment and general information. The information provided and the views given are not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as legal representation. All views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever we are affiliated with now or will be affiliated with in the future. So on our episode today, um, let me first say, hey, everybody, it's travel time. It's travel season. Woo! Yeah. You know, the sun out right. in Ace Town. Ocean breeze on my skin right, right. now. Yes, right. right. sun's out, buns out. Break <laughs> them sundresses out, girl. Got my sundress ready. Well, as everybody know, I'm Brandy, and to my left. Hi, I'm Taria. And to my right. It's Sam Fresh. What's up, guys? And we have a special guest today. I'm going to let him introduce himself. How's it going? I'm Bashar. Mashar is a good friend of ours. He's a good friend of the podcast, and he is one of the best travel agents in the side of Houston, H-Town. Um, today, we're going to talk about the best time to travel, affordability to travel. We're going to drop some legal gems about arrest in the foreign country, if you get arrested in foreign country, because some of y'all over there don't know how to act. Hello. <laughs> if you get injured in a foreign country and you want to know how if you can sue or not, because, you know, they laws ain't like what we got over here. And good old ride sharing. So we're going to let our guests start it off. Bashar, okay. let us know how's the best way for me to go, you know, be on Aruba, half naked, you know, whatever, for free. Half <laughs> oh, okay. naked. Okay. Okay. That's how we start. Okay. That's how we start today. It's, I'm it's, glad that we're going over if you get arrested. <laughs> right. Like, glad that we're covering that <laughs> right. in case Brady gets flewed out. Okay. Right. Still trying to get flewed out. Still trying to get flewed out. You're, you're trying to go to Aruba for free. We might have to talk after the show. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, real, real talk. Um, you know, traveling is a really growing um, industry. And in, in our community, in the black community, um, I see more and more people of, of color traveling. I really love it, you know. And um, it, the world is really attainable. If you prioritize traveling and you make that what you want to do, there's no reason not to do it, you know, because it's a lot less expensive than we think. Um, these, there's, there's a lot more flights being offered. The world is really not that big, really not that big. And it's just a lot of opportunities to, to get around. But so, what do I need to do? So, if I'm if my money looking funny, mm-hmm. and I want to go to say Aruba, or if I want to go to London or Paris, do I call you? Do I need to go online? Like, what do I do? Because there's so many different travel websites out there, and a lot of times you hear Expedia owns cheap tickets, and cheap tickets owns mm-hmm. this person. So, like, what do I do? Uh, you know, it's good. It's good to know to do your research because there are a lot of different travel opportunities. Um, whether it's uh, you know vacations to go dot com. Uh, which is my plug, but it's also, you know, Expedia and the other opportunities. Just make sure you research um, things. But, like, for example, for flights, I may book flights on Expedia, Kayak, um, you know, any booking engine that we have in, in-house, but I look at everything. And also, if you're flexible, you can have a lot more opportunity to get a better deal. Um, so, like, I've been trying to get over to London sometime this year um, and, and France, and I realize obviously going in the summer, you're going to get your head hit. But I found flights uh, September, August, you know, oh, okay. in the fall, um, about half the price. I'm talking mm-hmm. about, you know, a 650 round trip, you Ooh. know. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's very reasonable. It, it just do your research, look at different times. And, uh, you know, speaking of Expedia, when I, when I look at airfare, for example, instead of going like Friday to Sunday, you may want to do Thursday. Mm. To, to Saturday or, or Wednesday to, you know, Saturday or, you know, 
I look at different days because, you know, sometimes that makes a big difference uh, by a few hundred dollars just by being flexible with your dates as well. Cool. So can you give us a little bit more background about you personally? Okay. So you as a travel, you're a travel agent, correct? Right, right. So tell us a little bit more about. Uh, you know, I've been in the travel business uh, close to 10 years um, right now uh, with vacations to go, um, seven years. Um, and with them, I sell a lot of cruises. Uh, right now, we're one of the largest agencies in North America. And, you know, I've just been doing it for a while. So, like, it's at the point now 50% of my repeat clients, 50% of my business is repeat clients. And that's through referrals, other people, you know, uh, you know, people just keep coming back. And that comes with good service and knowledge about what you're doing. So um, if I wanted to book with you, vacationstogo.com? Yes, correct, okay. correct. Uh, so you, you just asked for me personally, Bashar, um, and a.k.a. Hunter, either one, but Bashar is my name. And um, just Who's reach Hunter? out to me. Yeah, <laughs> is that a oh, so you didn't open the door. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Hunter. Okay. Okay. We're going to go off Hunter? task real quick. <laughs> yeah. <Who's> Hunter? Okay. <laughs> Hunter, Hunter is um, an alias I have at work, and, and, I, okay. and I do it because it's a little bit easier to remember than Bashar. And it also, you know, so when I, when I speak to people, you know, my name is unique. It means a lot. So, uh, you know, I know it's a lot of my topics generally. When my clients call in, hey, can you spell that for me? What does it mean? Uh, you know, it does mean bring up good news and fortune to the lives she touches. And we get, and we get off topic. So, you know, I, I went with Hunter when I first got there. Uh, but... Now, I've, I recently asked this week to change my name back to Bashar. I know a lot of my repeat clients don't know who that is, just like y'all do. You know what I'm saying? But, um, okay. you know, just embracing the name you know, that I was born with. I think well, you should nice. do Bashar Hunter. Bashar Hunter. So I got an email back today. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my d- director, that was her suggestion. She was saying, go Bashar, parentheses, Hunter for a little while. Yeah. And um, so starting tomorrow, that's what it's going to be. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All See, right. now I don't feel bad about using Michelle when I'm out because that's what I do. Oh, that's your alias, huh? Okay. Right, because okay. my name's Tariya, and it's too hard. Okay. People mm-hmm. don't know. So I use Michelle. Obama. <laughs> All right. So I can see it. I does it, it work? Yeah. I can see it. It does. Okay. I mean, until I have a friend who's like, Taria. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, girl. Hey, Taria. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So back to travel star. We got distracted. Mm-hmm. From we got off topic. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So what's the best place right now, 2019? What's the hottest place to travel to? Yeah. In the summer. Let's talk about summer 2019. Um. Where I can get food at. We want to, oh, we want to get flued out. Okay, flued okay, out, okay. So. Do, 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 do we know? Do we know that? Pay no mind for flued out is. Oh, so, the city girls do. Right, oh, that's know. where I got it from. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Twenty summer 2019, the best place for me to get flued out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of popular places right now. A lot of people are visiting. You know, like uh, Dubai. I see. You know, a lot of people are hitting up Phuket. You know, what I'm saying Thailand. Um, mm. It just it's a lot of places right now. Um, uh, but over the summer. Um, over the summer, I'm thinking, you know, you, it's real good deals right now to Asia. You know, yeah. um, it just just depends. If you're flexible, you want to go places. I mean, I think it's some real good opportunities out Me there. Me and my fiance, we're currently looking at Paris. Okay. Texas. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Within the budget. Paris, Texas. Uh-huh. Okay. Paris, no, Texas. Paris, France is not that bad. Okay. You know, so I'm, I'm like I said, I'm. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm going this fall, and I just you know tickets right now five ninety nine to six fifty. Just it's really reasonable. Cause that's not what I paid when I went to Paris. Right. No, I, I, I've, I've been looking at it. It's been like eleven hundred plus minimum. Yeah. You know. Oh, so, minimum, okay. right? so, so what do you you if I want to go to Paris in the fall? Tickets five ninety nine. I could afford that. Right. Hotels though. It, Are you talking about Paris, Texas? Because I'm not. Because oh. I, <laughs> right, right, I am right, always right. in Paris, Texas, so I know what the Paris, Texas is like. Right. Okay. Paris, France. How do I go about getting my nice quality? I am a girl who likes four to five stars. Okay. Um, but on a budget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah. I mean something like that. I would definitely you know look around, just text your, to check your Expedia, you know your 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 your, your search engines, and uh, seeing what's out there. You can hit me up. You know I I do a lot more resorts. Uh, but you know, like typically for me with my hotel, I'm a I'm not necessarily a five star person because I'm a little more flexible. So I may do uh, Airbnb. Okay. You know, I'm you know. Yeah, that's um, where the killers live. 
Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, you know, so I, 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 I look, look at the reviews in the background. So, you know. Nobody so. puts in the review, he killed me. Because <laughs> you know, they, they did. Because they did. Right. They just right. kill you yeah. and move on. And they give themselves, they take the phone and write a great yeah. review or so they can get the next one. You can look at Yeah, boot- bring it back. See, right. she, she totally got you right. off track. No, you can look mm-hmm. at boutique hotels as well. So, boutique you know, hotels. Boutique hotels. Yeah, you know, that I, I mean, I go to like, you know, I think I went to Athens last year and I stayed in a boutique hotel. It was like, a hundred something dollars a night. It was very reasonable, but it was so beautiful, and I got upgraded to a suite. You know, oh, so oh, wow. um, wow. you know it was very, very reasonable. So you know, you don't necessarily have to go straight five stars because that they may rank three or four. Mm-hmm. But when you go in there, it's very elegant. You know, okay. and it's just maybe missing a couple of amenities, but you're not really missing anything. Okay. Plus, when you go out the country, you're not trying to stay in your room all the time anyway, right? So you're trying to move around, see the see the yeah. see, the, see, the, see the sites, right? Yes. However, I like. Well, a nice I don't know what you be doing. You know what I mean, but you're still, still you're, trying, you're gonna step out here. This now, is right? a kid's show. Okay. Um, so I'm in my hotel reading the Bible, oh, okay. focusing man. on Jesus. You know, read oh, that good word. You know, when I travel with my dad, that's exactly what he does. He he at nighttime he don't go nowhere but he read the Bible. Last year we went to Cuba and he was like. I'm like, let's go dance and let's go, let's go enjoy the restaurant. He said, no, I got to finish this, 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 this passage. And I'm like, pops, you can read the Bible anytime, mm-hmm. but that's you know, right. he well, that's word. real. He said that's he takes Jesus everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so we didn't got food out. We know where the best times to go for the summer 2019, mm-hmm. and um, we got some tips on um, travel, like affordability, and to be flexible in your schedule. So let's talk about what happens if you know I do run around half naked in a foreign country. And okay, okay. I get arrested. So what well, happens? First of all, I hope you have clothes on before they take you to jail. Because okay, right, that right. could be another problem. Right. <laughs> so, With social media being one of those things. Yes. Right. Right. yes. <laughs> However, a lot of people do not know that if you book your flight or your travel or if you're in a different country and you happen to have a credit card, I would suggest reading the benefits of your credit card before you leave. For example, um, Visa credit cards come with different benefits. One of those benefits is um, travel protection and within an emergency assistance. So what falls within the emergency assistance is if you're ever traveling and you need medication, maybe you left your medication at home or you dropped it, you lost it, they lost your luggage. Uh, Another one, um, particularly what we're talking about, is legal assistance. So they can put you in contact with an English-speaking attorney in that country. Now, you still going to have to pay this attorney, okay, because we didn't. I thought it was free. No, it's not free. But guess what? They probably take Visa (laughs) (laughs) if you have a card with them. Um, They also have a a service where if they need uh, to get in contact with your your embassy, they will contact your embassy if you need a consulate to um, talk to because you have been arrested and you're in deep doo-doo. If you need to get in contact with the embassy, though... You may be on. Uh, you you have some issues, so you no, definitely right, right. you definitely need <laughs> to. Well, you definitely need to uh, call that attorney first, and then on um, some cards, it depends on certain cards, but they will advance you certain fees so that you can pay for those legal fees. So, what I would suggest everyone doing is, if you before you fly over, especially if you know you go to other countries and act a nut. Okay, you need right. to you need to look up your credit card benefits, and I would recommend that everyone have a credit card. Do not fly overseas without one. That would be my suggestion. Would you agree? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Because yes. there's, there's a lot of added benefits to the uh, visas, American Express. There's a lot of added uh, travel protection that's going to come on there, correct? And then I would look up those benefits for your particular card, and I would keep that number with you. And if you're traveling with someone, in case they know you act a nut, um, that they can contact someone for you and get you legal counsel if you're there now. Also, while you're in jail, we want to follow the same sort of rules. Now, that I'm sure that they have some form of Miranda warnings in different countries. Um, but we're just going to go ahead and assume that we still have the right to remain silent. 
<laughs> so <laughs> if you are arrested in a different country, we want to make sure that we are still remaining silent. And you are asking for a lawyer? Um, I probably wouldn't even ask for a lawyer at that time. I would wait till they process me before I ask to speak with an attorney because depending upon what country you're in, uh, depending upon how that country is ran, they may not have the same surveillance cameras. <laughs> Are you saying people don't like attorneys? Um, I'm not saying that they don't like them. We're just not their favorite people. Right? So, I love um, attorneys. Thank you. Thank you. That's why you're a friend of the show. I love yeah, you. You can come back. Okay. <laughs> yes. Please. And so I would also. Can I be part of the show? Do I have to be an attorney to be part of the show? Yes. Oh, okay. And, and, okay. and female. <laughs> and female? And okay. female. Okay. Also, fun fact that um, I found this out the other day because I'll be traveling soon is that typically your credit card company will accept collect charges if you need to call them. Okay. So. Oh. Um, if for some reason you do need to call your credit card company because you are in jail, you can call Collect, okay? So just that is very important, I think, when you, if you get arrested in a different country, that you um, have those resources available to you. Well, that's good. Well, as right. a travel agent, would you accept the Collect call and help out your, <laughs> <laughs> your customers if someone got arrested? Oh, my goodness. It, it's funny you mentioned that. Someone um, got arrested. Somebody got arrested. <laughs> no, as a f- mm. this, one of my clients did call me. He got kicked off the ship. Oh. He got kicked off the ship, and um, he wanted me to uh, help him out financially get him back home, you know, just kind of like advance him something. And it was just a weird conversation, you know. It was a weird mm. conversation, but, you know, it just – when times are tough, you got you got to hit up anybody. Yeah, you know? but you yeah. should have told him your ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> Call right, your right, family. Right. Well, yes. I'm curious though. Did Call you advance Jesus. him the money? Um, n- no, because you know what that. Oh. The, the commission I was making on that did not cover what he needed. <laughs> right. He's like, right. I'm my coins. Yeah. You exactly. You know, and let's but, talk about why'd you get but, kicked out of the ship, right. sir. But, you know, it, it, well, that's what comes with customer service. You know, I, 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 I helped him with three-way calls to other people. I mean, I was, you know, uh, coming up with different ways. I got, you know, my man, management involved. And, um to this day, he's still a client of mine. So That's he's, great. You know, so, you know, so know I've been, he's been ship. for five years, you know, but it was just, he was that like, was hey, funny. is there anything, I know, you know, can anything you guys can do, you know, for me right now, you know? And he really was hinting at us buying him a ticket home, you know, oh. but, um, mm-hmm. but, you know. Okay. Well, you should I have mean, been like, uh, please bow your head, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, at, well, that was that was interesting. That uh-huh. was definitely interesting. So now we didn't told you about if you get arrested in a foreign country. Well, what about if I get injured in a foreign country or even injured on a Royal Caribbean ship like the guy did? Y'all heard recently he was ziplining or something and he hurt himself on mm-hmm. Royal Caribbean. It was about a month ago. It was on Good Morning America. So, you know, can I sue? Do I got a claim? If I get hurt. Or like when the people on the cruise ship and all that furniture tilted to the side. <laughs> Baby, let me tell you something. I would have sued somebody. <laughs> somebody. You are litigious. Can you sue? You can always sue. I tend to not sue a lot, um, even though I'm a lawyer. But yeah, you can always sue. I actually had a really crazy case. These clients were in Belize, living their best life, and they had rented the little motor scooters, Mm -hmm. little things, Mm -hmm. coming back in to drop them off for the rental car. This girl comes by in a Jeep and just knocks him off, and he flies Mm. and hits two cars, right? So he he wanted to. (laughs) So... um, Broken, a few broken bones, concussion, mm. and he had gotten the uh, insurance. So over in Belize, the most you can get is like ten thousand dollars, right? And then mm. the your vehicle insurance, the max is fifteen thousand. Whereas in Texas, it's thirty sixty policy. So it was a fifteen thousand dollar policy. So wow. he goes to the hospital. He comes back over in the states, and he says, "Hey, I want to go sue that young girl in Belize." I want, a, I want millions of dollars. Millions. Well, there's only a $15,000 policy, right? And so wah, that was wah. all that he was able to get because wah. when you're overseas, you have this thing called a jurisdiction. And what happens? 
Somebody's phone is ringing. That's Jesus. <laughs> oh, He's on the main line. Tell, tell him what, what you tell want. Tell him, Hunter. <laughs> so Jesus was calling um, to talk about this jurisdiction. So when right. you have um, jurisdiction, that just means uh, what court can actually represent you in a case, mm-hmm. right? And so in the States, wherever your accident happens, that's really where you're supposed to bring your lawsuit. So if you so get in a car accident in Texas, yeah. you bring your lawsuit in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. So he should have never left Belize then if he wanted to file a suit? Is that what you're saying? Correct. Or he should have got a Belizean attorney, attorney in there, but he wanted to come back over into the States because he really did. He needed. He had way more than $15,000 worth of a case. But the problem was is that there's this thing called the long arm statute. Mm. And so cases say that you can reach your arm out if there's contacts within the state that you're trying to bring it, right? Okay. And so there were contacts in Texas. The company in Belize was actually founded in Texas. Oh, and so good. that's the way we were trying to get around it. But it is sometimes hard because some of those out-of-state or out-of-country companies are only set in Belize or Aruba or St. Lucia. So mm-hmm. you're... You're stuck in those countries. So I would say make sure you have your travel protection. Make sure that you put extra insurance on you so that if you do get injured, because I believe when you travel, you can take travel insurance, correct? Correct. I highly recommend to get you travel insurance when you step out. You right. Know? So then that way he would have had a backup plan when all there was left was 15000 He could have used the travel insurance to cover the rest of his expenses. Also, check your credit card because some credit card – Offer right. travel insurance as well. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. exactly. So I'm not pubbing for debt, guys, but I'm just thinking. <laughs> right. So basically, y'all done told me if I get arrested, if I'm half naked in a foreign country and I get arrested, what happens? If I'm half naked and on a motor scooter and I fall off and get hit by a car, or if I get injured in a foreign country, I need to know if there's jurisdiction over me or mm-hmm. if there's some, or check my credit card to see if it has protection for me. So now, all of that, I'm not gonna get injured. I'm gonna hop in a ride share. I'm gonna call Uber or Lyft and pray they don't have we don't have an accident. Are you gonna be half naked in this hypothetical? Probably so. Okay. Probably <laughs> so. I'm putting my clothes back on now. Just for okay. the Uber and the Lyft. <laughs> okay. Because we're heading to the airport. Okay. I just I just or want we're to driving to the airport. TSA. No, I don't it's want hypothetical. those problems. <laughs> I just. Yeah, I just wanted to know. So, okay. did y'all know? I didn't know this. So, did y'all know in Uber or Lyft, they're not at every, like, major airport? Like, you cannot request the Uber or Lyft. Like, say, for instance, um, I don't know if it's um, Atlanta Airport, but one of the major airports, a few of the major airports, you can't get an Uber or Lyft to get picked up to go to or from your hotel or whatever. You have to either use your shuttle bus or a taxi. A lot of them still doing it. I think Spain is one, maybe London, like Heathrow. So you had to use that credit card to uh, get transportation. That's very disappointing because everybody knows the taxi driver. Just you putting your bags into the taxi. I think they already charge you like $35, $40. They start running a meter. But how much is your life worth, really? Because those Uber drivers? (laughs) (laughs) Kidnappers in training. But you need to pay attention when you're getting in the car. To look at the license plate. What does it take well, you to look at the license plate not and all check? Pla- not all states have front license plates. Texas is one of the few that we have a front and Oh, I walk around plate. the back of the car. Some people don't. Some mm-hmm. people don't. You know, when they pull up, they just look at the front of the car and they hop in. You know, it's always good to ask your uh, um, Uber driver and Lyft, who are you? Yeah, and you could be a killer with the license plate. Yeah, that's yes. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... I I personally took an Uber one time and the woman did not speak any English. And normally, if it was just regular, like she's in a store or something, I don't care if you speak English or not. But the mere fact that first off, when I'm in an Uber, I'm putting in my destination address to make sure you aren't trying to Uber away all my money. And so she was taking a different route, but I couldn't communicate to her. So she could have been driving me to the killer's house. And what was I going to do? Yeah, I, I'm noticing a theme. So you're right. talking about killers. She's half naked. We're sane on this side. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. right. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it sane? We're, we're staying. We're right. getting we're in a stranger's wear. car. Oh my gosh. Well, that definitely. <laughs> 
And Uber and Lyft has now decided, after what happened in South Carolina, um, they're starting to put illuminating lights of their names in the um, in the dashboards and the windshield. Okay. So pay attention. So Lyft, I noticed that there's like a bright purple and white Lyft sign. Right. Pay attention. Uber is starting to do that now besides just a little sticker in the windshield. Mm-hmm. So definitely when you go into an Uber, one, if you're using it between airports, Make sure that airport has Uber and Lyft, or you have to use a taxi, shuttle, or a friend. Then, before you get in the car, make sure that is check the license plate. Walk around to the front if that state or country doesn't have a front license plate. Um, compare it to your phone. Just make sure you're aware. Ask them their name and make sure they tell them back what um, your name is. Right. So, definitely be aware. I just hold on. Let's stop. Okay, well, first of all, what happened in South Carolina? Right. Oh. We don't always watch the news. Y'all don't watch that? The young college girl, right? Yes, the college girl who mm-hmm. was, um, she accidentally, she she ordered for a, um, an Uber to uh-huh. come pick her up. It was at night, and she thought it was her Uber driver, and she got in the car, and he killed her. Locked <laughs> the doors on him. Yeah, and killed her. And Not so saying. <laughs> Not saying. I didn't even know this story, but. South Carolina is trying to pass a law to where they can have front and back license plates. So that's why I mentioned the front gotcha. and back license plates. What so is the front and back license plates got to do with you killing me? You could but That wasn't an Uber driver, though. She he just, was not an Uber driver. She just was, got in the car. But it, the way she walked around the car, she would have been, if there was a front plate, she would have been able to see it as well, too. Okay. And she didn't. But I could just see me getting into an Uber and he'd be like, hi, my name is Norman. And then that's the end of it. So that's why on your app it has the person's name. If he say his name is Norman and your app say Chris, don't get in. But what if his name really is? If he, my app say Chris and he is Chris and he's Chris the killer, it might be your time. Right, right. <laughs> it right. might be time for me to right. go. It's just right. you know that's what I mean. That's just how you go. Yeah. That is a great segue to may I rest my case. What are we laying to rest today? What are we laying to rest today, Brandy? What are we laying to rest? Learn how to travel with the right people. Mm, that's, that's a, a good, good one. one. That's real good. Can't travel with everybody. Exactly. So right. in 2019, mm-hmm. stop traveling. With, just because we can be the best of friends in the whole wide world, but mm-hmm. you can't always travel with me. It, it right. Can. I mean, yeah. They can make a break or trip. Who you, who you go Correct. With. So here's the deal. Cheap people. If you are cheap, stop traveling. Stay at home. No, you can't say that. Yeah, because the thing is that, or travel by yourself. Because I don't want to go on a group trip where we, every place we go, we go to the corner store and you like, "Uh uh-uh, I only got something for (laughs) $1.19. Take my debit card. Uh Uh-uh, I don't want to go, like, just, I can't. Like, either we're going to split this check equally or and, and move forward, or we just... I don't want to give the waiter 14 different checks with 15 different amounts. Like Oh, see, I split checks, but I also don't drink, so I'm not going to pay for your alcoholic beverages. Okay, girl. So, yes, we're going <laughs> to split checks with me. Yeah, but I'm just like, I'm not finna... If it's like two or three people, okay, yeah, split checks. But if right. it's a table full of people and you over here, I had the chicken strips. I had the margarita. Like, no, just everyone, just divide it 15 ways and call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you laying to rest in 2019? I, I'm i laying that to rest and just people complaining on trips. Like, I, I hate that. You know, like the, right. ultimate, like the person who consistently complains about everything. And using American entitlement, like, just because yeah. I'm from America, we do this and we do that. Then expand your palate. Right. right. Expand your palate. Right. Not right. everything is going to taste like what your mama cooked in the kitchen. Right. And not every place has chicken strips and french fries. <laughs> right. Stop ordering that. <laughs> right. McDonald's is not just because it's there does not mean you need to go. Well, that's real. You can get that at home. You know, exactly. just right. try to get the culture of the food, you know, the, the local food. That's, that's real. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, Tari, you have anything you want to lay to rest? I don't remember if I have anything to lay to rest. <laughs> Do I have anything this to lay to rest? This one don't want people talking to her while sitting on, on the plane. Yeah, mm. okay, I remembered. Yes. <laughs> so, when I'm on the plane, right, I get on the plane, and I fix my stuff, and then I put my headphones in. Okay. Right, and I have my movie ready. Mm. Okay. But you know those people who come... <laughs> what are you watching? 
I don't like that because it's already a small situation that you're in anyway. Right, right. And my seat is my space. Please leave me alone. Scooch over. Don't ask me what book I'm reading. Right. Don't ask me what my movie is. Don't ask me if I can share headphone with you. <laughs> with a right. total so right. what you're saying is y'all are not friends. We're not. You seem very <laughs> approachable. That's why. <laughs> 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 you know. So we are laying to rest. People talking on the plane. I don't need. We're not friends. I don't know you. Uh, no friends. Know who to travel with. Expand your palate mm-hmm. and stop being picky. So we have get provided you some great legal tips. You know what to do when you get arrested in a foreign country. Thank you, Bashar, for those legal tips and travel tips. Well, yeah, thanks for having me Appreciate on. Thanks for having yeah. me on. Yeah. Thanks for coming and helping us out. No problem. No Can problem. I ask one more question before he leaves? Yeah, totally. Best cruise company line to go on. Mm. Mm. He ain't, ain't going to tell you. Yes, he mm. is. Yeah, I can. He can I tell can. me that. But you got to find my best. What do you mean by best? Because I, one may be best for some people, may not be best for others. Now, you're talking about best as like an all around fun experience, maybe something romantic, or you want uh, like, you, you five it's stars, so you might want a yeah. butler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she service? wants a concierge yeah. service. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, the best the best cruise I've been on was uh three three years ago. I went on the Silver Seas. I've never it's, heard of Silver Seas. It's a six star line. It's on par with Crystal Regent. A lot of the six star all inclusive lines, and um, really was a great experience. You know, I walked on. They served you caviar and um, champagne, and Silver? we had a. Uh, <laughs> We had an in room. We had an in room butler. He did all the unpacking and repacking, and he saw he saw me walking around the ship by myself one day. He thought you want a tour, and he took time out of schedule. To you had a friend. Tour. You got a butler friend. Yeah, yeah. you know. And so that's when they you know, kill you. No, that, thank you. Pass so, on the tour. Right, and that was an incentive trip. So I won that trip. Actually, it's like it's like. You know, it would have been twelve thousand dollars or something like that if I didn't. But you know, somebody like you though, that's your, that's right okay. up your alley. So and that's how you that twelve thousand, no, that was split between two people. That was, it would have been, yeah, that would have okay, been total. Very good. That would have been total. <laughs> but it was, you know, ten nights. You know, you had, you, oh you, yes, you, where'd you go? Uh, Europe. Um, so okay. uh, what was the stop? I think it was like. Monte Carlo, Santorini, Mykonos. I can't be on the boat that long. They remind me of slavery. Oh. <laughs> That's a long trip. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's Thank you, Bashar, again. <laughs> you can follow us at um, on Instagram at No Further Q, Facebook, No Further Questions, and on Twitter, No Further... No, on Twitter, what is it? <laughs> Throw it up there. I put it up there. Yes. <laughs> NFW. No. Yeah. No, NFQ. NFQ podcast. Sorry. Also, I'm Brandy. You can follow me at brand underscore Janae. I'm Taria, simply being T. And I'm Samantha. Don't follow me. And thank you again (laughs) for our special guest, Bashar. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I had a fun time. You guys are great. (laughs) Tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can find you, get the travel tips. Find me at... At I am Bashar. That's I A M B I C H A R. And uh, yeah, just hit me up. Uh, you know, and just check check out check me out too. Uh, website vacations to go. Ask for Hunter. I'm the only Bashar. Actually, I'm the only Bashar there. But you know, Hunter as well. Either one. But just hit me up. We're gonna make it happen. And make sure y'all subscribe, follow, tweet, everything on No Further Questions. Um, tell your friends. Tell your family. So we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Vision three female attorneys coming together to have our voices heard. Each of us would have different opinions, different passions, different backgrounds, and different views. Although we are different and unique, we are able to come together to discuss our experiences navigating through the legal profession and this thing called life. Now, the vision has come alive, and we invite you each and every week to listen to us as we talk about what's trending in the news and our legal insights tackle real-life issues that affect not only us as attorneys, but us as women of color. And welcome to episode six of No Further Questions. As always, before we get started, let's run our disclaimer. Disclaimer. This podcast is intended to provide entertainment and general information. The information provided and the views given are not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as legal representation. 
All views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever we are affiliated with now or will be affiliated with in the future. Hey, so let's get started. Welcome to episode six, Politics and the Law. We're doing something a little different, we're getting a little edgy, we're getting a little dicey. But let's start introducing ourselves. To my left, I have... Hi. Hi, guys. Taria Hutchinson here. And then to my right, I have... Sam Frazier. Brandy, why do you have these bedroom eyes? <laughs> <laughs> to my left, Goodness. I have. Like, really? Y'all just calling me out like that? Um, so we have two very um, special guests going on. And we got an Amber Alert going off, too. Maybe my phone. Anyway, we got two special guests going on today with Politics and the Law. To my immediate left, we have Mr. Demetrius Walker, who is um, a serial entrepreneur, author of a book called I Am a Black Man, The Evolution of a Dangerous Negro. He's an economist, founder of the Black Travel Club, and one of Houston's top DJs in the city. You know, Meek. So, yeah, y'all probably heard him in these streets. He is also a graduate from Vanderbilt University with a BA in economics, and he also has an MBA and completed a graduate program in nonprofit management at Texas A&M. What up, me? What up, what up? <laughs> Thank you for having me. So before we get started with you, can I call you Meek or you want me to call you Demetrius? How do you feel? Um, whatever you're comfortable with. You know, I know Demetrius is a long name, you know, it's multi-syllable, so Meek is fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to call you Demetrius, okay? That's perfectly fine. <laughs> you know. I'm un, I'm undecided. Wherever the mood feels, okay. whatever with my bedroom yeah. eyes. <laughs> That's and, a different story now. <laughs> and to my immediate right, we have Mr. R. W. Bray. This is the man in these streets, wow. in these United States streets. Wow. <laughs> oh, yes. What a different intro, Brandy. <laughs> She's not well, taking sides. <laughs> Well, the reason I say that is because Mr. Bray is the president of the MLK Association of Texas and deputy director for Senator Ted Cruz, so one of our United States senators. That's why I say he had a man in these uh, senator street in these Senate streets. Bray, Mr. Bray also serves as member of the Texas Air National Guard as the first sergeant of the Logistics Readiness Squadron, and is a proud member of the 100 Black Men Metropolitan of Houston. He's attended Dillard University and University of Houston downtown, and he holds degrees in both business and political science. So welcome, Mr. Bray. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And ladies, they both single, too. <laughs> Were you supposed to say that? that? I know. What are, are you putting them on auction? <laughs> Start the bid. <laughs> At a dollar. Oh, $100. Politics. I'm going to have to start a lot higher than that. What's wrong with the dollar? A dollar. Man, we're going to have to, you know, put some more zeros behind it in commas. You know, mm. we're going to stay focused, though. We're going to focus on the topic. We're going to bring him back Golly. later. Hey, I'm an economist, you know. You hey, know, you got to make them coins. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. He you said, if you're going to human traffic, you're going to do it right today. <laughs> Facts. Know your worth. That's right. <laughs> know your worth, 2019. 100%. Yes. So back on chart, <laughs> I can't even get it out right. Back on topic today, we're discussing three important things that are in our um, news at the moment. So we're going to talk about immigration, we're going to talk about economics, and we're going to talk about prison reform. So let's get started with immigration. I know when we talk about immigration a lot of times, and this is a conversation we've had with friends, I know Taria and I have had this conversation, um, immigration is not necessarily Hispanics, and that's what people fail to realize. Him, immigration is not just, oh, we're just going to build a wall and we're going to keep the Mexicans out. It's more to that because it's more dealing with you got Haitians, you got Africans, you got Asians, you got so many different people, so many different minorities who are not American. So pretty much anybody who is not American, in a sense, is an immigrant, is part of the immigration crisis so that's one thing that we have to focus on is that you know when you out there trying to you know I guess be negative towards the situation always know that it could be one of your friend's cousins who is not necessarily like I said a Hispanic that could be an immigrant so 
I'm gonna open up. Let's talk about it. That's one of the things we can talk from there. Like, let's go. Who want to start? Sure, I'd be happy to start on immigration. Um, I'm the son of an immigrant. Really? Um, yes, my mother immigrated here from Panama when she was six years old. Oh. And uh, you know, I think the thing that we need to be discussing is okay. We do have quite a bit of people who are trying to enter this country. That's true. It's at, actually at a record high right now, the amount of people who are trying to enter the United States coming through our southern border. We know this. But now the question and the things that we're not discussing are why. Oh. Why are these people coming to the United States? What is causing them to leave their home, travel thousands of miles with very little money, very little food, and resources and attempt to seek asylum in the United States. And that's what's being missed in this whole conversation. And so we have to look at the U.S.'s previous policies and how we dealt with these Central American countries that have kind of created these crises where people are now fleeing their countries due to the instability and wanting to seek asylum in the United States. I have a question. What about the people who are immigrants who aren't seeking asylum? How about we, you know, do something about those individuals so that we can have room for people who are seeking asylum? Because there are a lot of um, immigrants from Europe and Canada who don't have those problems, but they choose to live in America and thus are taking up space as well and thus cutting off some of our resources. I don't know. I mean, I, I lean right, so I'm just going to come out and come over to whatever right. We already right know you're going to make this man. Just say it. Just say it. All right. We got to put it out there. <laughs> this is our Republican. I, I, I <laughs> you say you lean <laughs> right. <laughs> so I see immigration in, in, in two lights. You know, um, if it's legal immigration, is good. If it's illegal, it's bad. Um, one is constructive and one is not. When you anchor the whole conversation that these people are um, seeking asylum, automatically, I feel as though those are the arguments that appeal to the pathos of Americans, right? So you want you want to appeal to pathos of Americans, then you bring up the asylum um, situation, you bring up the kids, right? And then all of a sudden, America's heart goes out bleeding to these individuals. The truth is, though, is that, as she stated, kind of, sort of, not every one of these immigrants are seeking asylum. And it also... It also defects from the situation, the simple fact that a lot of these individuals, instead of leaving that country, should be looking to better the country that they're in. And there's some national responsibility to do so, which we just saw um, the president kind of force um, Mexico into taking responsibility for their own citizens. And not only did we see Americans rejoice over this thing, but also we saw Mexicans rejoicing over the issue. The only reason why Mexicans were rejoicing is because they knew two things. Number one, even though it was a five-part issue. Number one, they knew that they wouldn't have to worry about individuals on the southern border um, crossing over and affecting their own economics, which is what was doing on the southern border of Mexico. Now they're stopping them on the southern border of Mexico. In addition to that, for Americans, we were rejoicing because instead of having to um, house those individuals, in May it was over 100,000, um, now those individuals can now be housed in Mexico and await their trials and asylum trials from Mexico which means that we, our taxpayer dollars, don't, don't no longer have to go toward housing those individuals. I believe that any time we can defer from tax burden, we should, because I, I honestly believe that the more money taxpayers have in their pocket, the better it is for our personal economy. Okay, so, you know, in response to that, yes, not everyone who's in this country illegally has come in through our southern border or is attempting to come in through our southern border. The majority of illegal immig immigrants in this country are people who overstayed their visa. Right. So I want to, you know, preface uh, my statement with that. However, once again, we talk about all of these people coming in through the southern border of Mexico, making a trek all the way to the southern border of the United States. And we don't hold ourselves responsible for those people being in the situation that they're in due to failed policies that the United States has implemented in terms of regime change. When we look at Honduras, we look at Guatemala, we look at the economic policies that we've imposed on these countries and created political instability, not only did we do that, but we started to deport tons and tons of gang members, many of whom never lived in those countries, that we deported simply because they didn't speak English. 
back to these countries who created this instability. So these countries are ruled by gang members. MS-13, you know, the, the, these, these countries, these people are fleeing gang violence. They're fleeing rape and murder. And so when they come to the United States to attempt to better their lives and to get themselves into a safer situation and we close our doors and forget that we created the situation in the first place, it's extremely hypocritical of the United States to have policies where we say, you know what, you're not welcome here. Even though we messed up your country and we created all this instability and we deposed your leaders and we supported coups that created this instability and then we dumped hundreds of thousands of gang members into your country, yeah, we did. D, let me get this straight. We did. Let me get this straight. We did. Go look it you, up. You, what you're saying is, first of all, America does not deport non-Americans. Are you sure about that? Americans do not deport. I can, and, I can. and if it does, it's incidental. I'm not talking about incidentals. I'm talking about what you're claiming is that America is responsible for dumping hundreds of thousands of, 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 of Americans who were committing not all of them were Americans not all of them were no, Americans. it's impossible not, it's not, impossible not, for not you all to argue of them. that so, so we're not talking about incidentals and so what is the real root then so we're not talking about incidentals let's, let's, let's not say that we're deporting Americans to these countries and we're the cause of it but we did then we got to fall back on your what is it's in the note? incidentals then we got to fall back on the argument of of these individuals being the, being the cause of us having a political regime we are not responsible for socialism we don't encourage socialism. We're not, we're not forcing individuals into socialism. That is a decision upon every nation to decide whether or not they want to, be, uh, want to have a social uh, dictator. Now, I'm not saying that socialism is bad. I'm not making claims. I'm saying that it may be bad for America, and it has worked out where it's not all that good for Venezuela and, and, and places like Honduras either. But if that is the case, right, some responsibility and onus has to be upon the nation itself. What your claim is that America is the cause of all of it, and that's just not true. Well, look, obviously, people do have to take responsibility for their National hand. responsibility. National responsibility. I'm not disagreeing with you there. But when the United States imposes their will on these countries and, w and when they say, you know what, we don't want to be a democratic country. We don't want to trade with you. And we go in and we try to disrupt their political systems and we support coups and we support rebels who attempt to overthrow the governments and they create this instability where now you have millions of people living in Honduras and Guatemala and Nicaragua who've been living in political instability for the past 50 years due to policies that the United States has implemented. It may be a point that we totally, we totally disagree upon. You know, tomorrow I have to sit down with a group of eight Sudanese. If I listened to your ideology, I would, I would actually take responsibility for the fact that Sudanese militia are actually raping women who were there by themselves simply protesting for the right to have a democracy led by citizens. I cannot afford to even, uh, even adopt your ideology because I know full well that the Sudanese people that I, they see me, when they see me tomorrow, they're taking responsibility for why their nation is in the situation they're in. I could argue that America could have done business with Sudanese long ago, who could have protected them long ago. Why are we now just speaking up? We benefited from a lot of what they did current you know their current government situation because of the wars with our, you know their neighboring countries but at the end of the day Sudanese people they're not looking for a handout from America if anything right now they're looking for protection a return back to civility and some type of government-led um, citizenship or citizenship-led government so if if those individuals those Sudanese have the, have the self-responsibility and national responsibility to take ownership for where their own country is right I think so does areas like Central America and Southern America. What? So then here's my question. I believe I know your answer. But should the borders be open? Should everybody get a chance to come over and get the American dream? No way. Why? No way. There should be not open borders. But number one, borders create stability. So for instance, if I allowed for every individual to come, whoever wanted to come. It'll be an incredible concept because there is no other nation that does that. Even if we adopted that, though, we also have to think about social welfare, social welfare, economic welfare, right? I know that in my pot, in this little circle here, I know that the monies that we collect can allow for one of us, right, if we fall on our faces, to be lifted up by the other remaining standing, right? But what happens when you have an outsider, maybe the person with her headphones, who comes in here, and now she sits at the table too, and she offers her uncle and her nephews and everybody else in her family to come 
but the initial concept, the structure, the structural concept, right, that we knew that we could sustain ourselves if one fail, is all gone now. It's gone. So now, now the only things left, and this, this, I'm, I'm going to say this last. I don't believe that altruism is virtuous. I don't at all, because at some point you run out of money. If you have no more to sacrifice, now you're dependent. And then the concept of altruism is you keep giving until you don't have any more. Then now she gives and now she's dependent. And that was just us two trying to hold three people down. It was never that's never the structural concept. But with that, with that mindset, your assumption is that the person that's coming in is bringing nothing to your group. You're basically saying the person with the headphones comes in and all she's doing is sucking the life. When really that person with the headphone could be the thing that take your your group to the next level. But you don't know because all you want are the people that was in the group to get high off the hog. You don't want to share with the other person who may have may bring some some new dynamic which is the point of responsible immigration which is why we have e1 eb1 eb2 yeah but but the problem with responsible immigration is let's be honest when you want to get a visa right they they ask you what your occupation is they ask you what you do for a living how much you want to bring in and you know i've worked for an immigration firm before i used to do immigration law the country will let in those of a certain socio socioeconomic stance into the country who have a certain educational background yep. and who offer a certain, um, I guess, rise to a certain, at least middle class in their country, at least. Or the potential. Or the potential for middle class, right? So, but that's to say that if someone doesn't have that opportunity that's in their country, that it's a lot harder for them to come in the legal way, even though they may come in and offer more than the engineer and his family who can come over here and get a visa easier because it's not easy but quicker than the average quote-unquote undocumented immigrant i mean since america has been founded immigrants have been a net benefit to the united states i mean i think that's indisputable right uh immigrants are actually extremely exploited you know, the immigrants who do, you know, manage to come over here and work for wages that no Americans would ever work for. So, you know, they're extremely exploited. But going back to your point on Sudan, right? So if we want to discuss Africa, once again, we can't be so short-sighted in our memory to look at the policies of colonialism and how colonialism from European and Western nations have created the dysfunction that we see in Africa today. You know, so that's to your point on Sudan. Uh, the United States, when we economically decide that we're going to freeze out a country, look, they have socialist leadership. We're not going to trade with them. We're not going to allow any of our allies to trade with them. And that just, you know, it, it amps up the instability in these regions. And then, you know, when common citizens get caught in a crossfire, you know, due to policies that we've implemented and they, you know, they say, look, we need some help. And we shut them away and we shut down and say, there's no way we want you coming to our country, even though we pretty much are the foundation and the root of the problem. I think that's unfair. And I think that, you know, both parties, Democrat and Republican, really have to assess our hand and our role, America's role, in creating a lot of the dysfunction and instability that we see not only in Latin America, but as well as Africa. I just think that the economic. How do I say this? I I believe in black economics. I believe in the sustainability of black economics and our ability to grow. When you think about something, the comment that you made, you said, well, you know, some Americans just not going to accept that job. I just call BS on that. I think that there are a lot of times when you have black labor that are that are truly looking to create their new new companies. And a lot of those companies that that blacks are, are, are trying to create, especially black males, maybe those who aren't don't have a college education or may not be looking to become a doctor, maybe they still have an entrepreneurial spirit and they want to do something in the area of construction or maybe something in the area of landscaping and things of the like, right? Well, you hear huge arguments in California right now where, where neighborhoods, black neighborhoods are like, please stop the immigration, stop. Why? It's because you have a lot of black and brown economic um, back and forth where once black wealth was uh, was bent off of certain services now where you have someone who's uh, illegal coming through and they're undercurtain the labor so they're able to do less i mean do more with less and offer offer their service for less now the individual who wants the, the yard cut or construction done whatever the case may be 
that the labor market is being cheapened and African Americans who once maybe um, did great in those fields aren't necessarily doing great in those fields anymore. So you say immigration is good. I do. I do believe that. I believe immigration is good. I believe that at some point, um, immigration, the overload of immigration is bad because if the if the area cannot sustain all those individuals and it causes black Americans not to prosper, I got a problem. That's okay. called capitalism. That's called point blank Nick. period. And that's called Unle- unless of course bed. unless of course you're American. Now you're American, you be another American, I consider that fair. Well, he, 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 so here's my answer to that. You know, uh, of course, you know, I'm not advocating that we overrun our cities and just allow everybody whoever wants to come to the United States to just be here and, you know, um, consume our resources. That's not what I'm advocating, but what I'm saying is and this is where I feel that the Republican Party as well as the Democratic Party fall short is is saying that if someone could come over here without being able to speak the language, without having the skills um, or the education and come here day one and compete for jobs with black Americans who have been in this country for centuries, that's a problem in and of itself that needs to be fixed. We shouldn't. It, there's no way an immigrant should be able to come over here day one, not speak the language, and be able to compete for a job with someone who's been here for three centuries. But why not? That I mean, because at the end of the day, when you say things like that, like that person skill set, this person is still an adult human being. They just come from a different country. The skill set is a skill set. Well, what, now when I say I'm 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 referring to unskilled labor versus skilled labor, right? So we we live in a country where. Black Americans, like I said, we've been here for centuries. There's no reason why we should be competing for the same jobs that people come yes, over here without educa- without any education, or any formal education, or being able to speak the language. We should not be the same people competing with these people for jobs. Why? Whose problem why? is that, though? Yeah, like. Well, that's well, that's this is no, the United right. States' problem. This is this is where the United States has done is a it, huge disservice it? to Black Americans in the first place for the fact that if Black Americans are the ones being mostly affected. By illegal immigrants coming over here, what does that say? That means we haven't educated black Americans to the same level that we've educated white Americans because, yeah, you you brought up the fact that they're competing with black Americans, right? So if this is who they're taking away jobs from, why is it that they're competing with black Americans in the first place? Where What what disservice has been done to the point where black Americans are not at the same level as white and Asian Americans and not having to worry about illegal immigrants coming over to take our jobs? So shift your eyes around this table. Yeah. Shift it around. There's five of us sitting at this table. Mm-hmm. Shift it. Right. I'm not competing. I'm not either. So I'm just I'm 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 responding to the point that he made that he claims that there are people in California, black Americans in California. He claimed that there's black Americans in California who are complaining about the illegal immigrants coming over here and begging for it to stop. Well, because as an illegal immigrant, you know how this game works. If I wanna if an illegal immigrant comes to my house and says, Hey, I'm gonna cut your yard. I'm paying him underneath the table versus the citizens. There's a whole other game that what goes you, into play. Exactly. What are you struggling for? What are you saying no for? This, uh, this is reality. It's how it happens. That's underskirt and labor. So, so who, who are they taking these jobs from? When they come in to knock on your door to cut your lawn, who else is coming to your door to knock on your door and say, hey, let me cut your lawn? Well, the other, the other visual that would have already knows. Can I, I just give me an example? Give me an example, give right? In constructions, right? Yeah. Well, uh, they're not they're not hypotheticals. It's reality. If you if you understand was the game, like she just mentioned, like I've seen this game because it comes through my office, right? So if let's just say someone someone um, works in construction, right? Mm-hmm. But he or she, like you said, gets paid from the forum. He, look, he's gonna get cash, right? But the cool thing is that Maria, right? She had she opens up a truck, right? It's cool because Maria owns a truck. She's, Maria's an entrepreneur, right? So she she opens up a truck. She's selling tacos out the truck. You know how she's you know how she's making it though. She can actually apply for government aid, right? Suddenly, every grocery that she needs is already paid for, not by Maria, but it's subsidized by Americans. So now that's free. That's free, right? That's free groceries she's using to sell. No money out of her pocket. Free money she's using. Not to mention her husband is out working construction, getting underpaid, getting paid under the table. Right. Now she's making more money. She's making money on top of the the uh, the money that the, that the backs of the labor of Americans have gotten. That happens every day. 
Okay, so that was fun talking about immigration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, because we're going to have to stop I mean, talking about Ra- Ra- Maria, and we're going to have to start talking about Ellen from France, okay? Because <laughs> I'm tired of y'all sitting up here talking about uh, all the Central Americans and the southern borders no, without true. talking yeah, right, some yeah, of the other European groups and coming over here. Yeah, I heard true. that. I heard that. But, I mean, we were trying to talk about, well, you good, because we're talking about economics, and you do economics in there, especially black economics. Um, I know one thing that is particular when it comes to economics is, like, dealing with um, student loans and what it means for our nation's, you know, future economy. Because in my opinion, they can get rid of my student loans, throw them away. Get, I don't want to pay them back. I will go on record. Whoever has the best student loan plan gets my vote yes. 2020. Yes, out of all the people running. <laughs> I don't care what your other policies are. Because I talk student loans. And tell me that they're going away. Mm-hmm. But, I don't want to hear about what you're doing for these new class, okay? What can you do for me? So what does it look like? Because that's, that's my dream and hope. The miracle, <laughs> my prayer right now, I'm fasting on it, and I, I'm seeking the Lord. And if God blesses me to get mm-hmm. these wiped out, I've seen what you've done friends, for others, Morehouse. What does it look like if these student loans get wiped out? Because I feel like it should be a, it should be a threshold. I'm about to make some people mad. But if, if you have six figures, let's go ahead and cast out those. Right? Mm-hmm. If you have 15000 sit down. Don't come it. to me with that 15000 a significant amount, right? It's the professionals that are really struggling with this game because of the amount of student loans that we mm-hmm. have. So what yes. would that look like if we did check our name for the person that had the best student loan? Curse I do want to say this real quick. If there's a billionaire out there, you can pay for my student loans. Go ahead. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so current statistics are showing that uh, within 12 years, white males are actually paying off 44% of their student loans, which is an incredible amount of money. You think you consider that in 12 years? I'm sorry, you said white males? White males. But aren't they like that's the amazing. highest paid? Because, you know, right, nobody exactly. else is getting exactly. paid. And, 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 that, and, oh. and here's the issue. Asian males are and, the highest paid. And, and, and here's it. Well, that's true. It yeah. ain't black people. So, <laughs> so, so, and what's, what's so crazy though, in that group. same stat, um, black, um, black females, they're. Um, their particular loans are actually increasing by 11%. Now, what that means is, is that the same issues, one of the, one of the main issues that whites whites have, and I guess is a privilege, if you will, is that they have they have transferable income or transferable wealth. It's something that a lot of us in our families we didn't have an opportunity to do. So when Big Mama dies, nine times out of ten, a lot of black families they're actually incurring debt, especially land debt, right? Mm-hmm. Where they can't, Mama took took advantage of the tax exemption, right? And she thought, oh yeah, I'm gonna pass my house. And then all of a sudden, the house got twenty thousand dollars worth of debt, and the family can't pay for it, right? She got a reverse mortgage. She, exactly, no devil. one knew about, right? And you're like, dang, what happened to the black wealth? Well, the black wealth was given because somebody miseducated my big mama, right? Between the, <laughs> between default and our um our our um, an exemption, right? So now I'll, I'll I'll cross this up, but the simple point to this is that without transferable wealth then all of a sudden you see these preferentials where you see these this huge wealth gap, not necessarily because we didn't get an education because we did, but we took on more debt than the other guy had to, right? And he's able to pay back his debt because his mom or dad dies and has transferable wealth. We don't have that benefit. So there are some interesting economies where you can say, okay, well, in this particular situation, there is there should be some type of forgivable debt for that individual, right? But we're talking about thousands, millions of Americans now. Yeah, and, and you know, and this crisis is, you know, the numbers are astronomical when we look yeah. at how many people are sinking in, in student loan debt. Um, the other part of the equation that we're not discussing, though, is the fact that wages have not risen in this country in 15 years. Chick-fil-A has. They're paying $17 an hour. I need to go work there part-time. I'm just saying. Hey. Chick-fil-A And Bucky's is seventeen fifty With benefits If you break it down by the hour <laughs> yes. You probably make more money at Bucky's Than I do at my current job yes. Being a lawyer I think I might make more you know, And have less stress Hey you gotta wait you got opportunity right? yeah, you, got, you got choices You know Bucky's or be a lawyer I mean hey but, Less stress at Bucky's Yeah <laughs> we, we, got, we have to talk about In this country What do we need to be doing differently On a macroeconomic scale to improve the situation in terms of wages, right? Because wages have been flat for 15 years now. And so that's the presidential candidate that I'm gonna go with is whoever can solve this economic equation where we get out of these flat wages and you know our, our, our wages have to increase. You know, We look at the cost of goods. We could even look at here in Houston, right? 
the cost of living in the city of Houston has increased astronomically since yes. I've been here. I came in 2007. I had a one-bedroom apartment, $525 a month. By the Galleria. That's not happening right now. You're talking about $1,500 a month, right? And that's in the course of 12 higher. years. Right, right. It's, and higher, that, it's higher than that. Yeah, you're talking about 1500 to 2000 right? And For so, a 500-square-bedroom apartment, yes. And now you add your student loan on top of that, and you're getting paid the same wage that people were getting paid in 2007. In 2019, there's no way people could pay their student loans back. So, so I, I need to vote for the candidate who's going to show me economically how we're going to fix this. Right, but they're not going to fix it because it's big business. Right? Yeah, that runs it and controls yeah, it. Because that's a lot of money that's going to waste. Because I'm Unless sure. there's some sort of hacker out there who's... And I'm not advocating I'm for not that. I'm not advocating for hacking. However. Now, however, I'm just saying. Y'all hacking the wrong people. <laughs> I'm just saying. Stop, stop peddling stealing. with stuff that don't matter, like right. CIA stuff. Switch. Stop that worrying is. about credit cards and targeting stuff. Stealing I mean, people's better, identity. Yeah. That's we need change. Our, we need our identity. We struggling with these student loans. I so, do. Okay. Oh, I was, well, I had a question, which. Go ahead. So okay, I well, I, 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 I do believe I do believe there needs to be some macro answers, right? And I do believe that I'm I'm along with you. There should be a candidate that may offer that macro answer that he's referring to. But here's here's where I go back to personal responsibility, or at the very least, cultural responsibility, right? Why don't we deal with something a lot more micro? For instance, why don't we deal with the fact that we can start redefining what education is within our culture, if not America alone? But let's just deal with our culture, black black Americans alone. What if we start redefining education we say, listen, here, not everyone is cut out for four-year colleges. Especially looking at the stats, we see how many people are actually dropping out, right? Maybe education or, or, or the red, red, redefine of education might be that you actually are very good at being a pipe fitter. Baytown is hiring 35 an hour, right, for, 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 um, for uh, pipe fitters. You can actually become a lineman and make 80 grand going to uh, Texas Tech um, and staying in there for less than a year and come out making 80 grand, right? Now, here's the crazy thing. If you still want to go to college, you can, but you can actually offer 80 grand a year um, as a pipe fitter or a lineman, put yourself through college or school, finish in five years with no debt. When we start redefining what education is, we had this huge push in the late 70s, early 80s. Everyone needs to get education. By the time we fast forward into the 90s, no one was talking about vocational training anymore. Everyone was going to four-year colleges, and then all of a sudden, the federal government was giving money to any um, high school that had a lot of people going to college. Now all these um, high schools abandoned vocational training. It was like, now nah, we want more points, we want more money. We're going to push everybody to school. All of a sudden, what increased? National debt. Hold that oh, thought. So school debt, that is. Hold that thought. Taria, your question? So my question, what happened to the middle class? Dun, dun, dun. Stay tuned for episode seven. We'll answer that question. So um, please follow us at um, No Further Questions on Facebook, No Further Q on Instagram, and at no F <laughs> NFQ Pod on Twitter. And catch us on the next episode so we can wrap it up and figure out what happened to the middle class. Bye. <laughs>